What's up, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of the Empowerment Perspective Podcast. On this particular episode, we sit down with Dr. Darla Saleh of Sun Sal Yoga in Burlington City, New Jersey. Listen as we talk about the dissertation process, we talk about education, and of course, the benefits of yoga. Stay empowered. Even in education, and it blows my mind that more educators don't read. I agree. And, if, you know, that's one thing that sticks out for me. I mean, you know, we do a lot of interviewing. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes we interview people a second time. And I want to know, like, what have you changed or developed since mm-hmm. the last time we talked? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll, you know, say, here's some books you might want to read. Mm-hmm. Because I need you to know deeply about topic X, Y, Z. And um, if that didn't happen... It's the Empowerment Perspective Podcast, hosted by Demiso Josie and Mr. Kareem Spence. Stay empowered. Stay empowered. All right, welcome to yet another episode of the Empowerment Perspective Podcast. I go by the name of Dr. Demiso A. Josie. I am floating solo once again. My man Kareem Spence, no, he did not get fired. It's just that he has to work and my school district is off um, all week. So I'm taking advantage of it and getting some podcasts done and Introducing and meeting new people and some interesting people. Shout out to Sam Saitels, who was on our last podcast with the Pillars of Hamilton. Make sure you check that out. Um, there is, um, I'm actually on that podcast, uh, one of his episodes, but he's doing some wonderful work down there in Hamilton, New Jersey. Um, some housekeeping things. Again, Innovative School Summit will be out there November 14th, 15th, and 16th. Um, how to Reach and Teach Today's Hip Hop Generation. So we're going down there. Miss um, Jamie Roberts, introducing her to the crew um, via her first presentation with the Empowerment Respective Group. Um, so Mr. Petty, myself, and Miss Roberts will be down there um, giving those gems to the educators out there. Um, also, we have our food and um, toy drive on December 7th is our toy drive again. We are collecting unwrapped toys for children of CHOP. Um, definitely something that we want to keep going. This is our third year doing it. Um, we're also collecting food for um, the holidays for November, uh, for Thanksgiving, for needy families in the area. Um, then we're also preparing for a big day back in my hometown on Stanger Avenue in July. We're doing a block party out there for uh, the people in that neighborhood. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it a block party. More health screenings, um, volunteer, firefighter, uh, recruitment, so all those things. So stay tuned for that stuff. Again, Atlanta. We'll be down at Innovative School Summit in June. So save your pennies up. Make sure you get down there and make sure you make that happen. Uh, so the Empowerment Perspective is about bringing you information that's going to help you, um, mind, body, and spirit. And we are, this is my first time in Burlington City, uh, New Jersey. Uh, hit the road all the way up to 95 with all that traffic. They're trying to get the traffic pattern fixed down there. You know, the 76 and if you're in Jersey, 295 and all that stuff is a nightmare down there. They're, they're almost there. Um, so if you need to travel to work that direction, you're almost getting there. But before I introduce our special guest today, uh, I have to take a personal story, and she's going to let me know if I should take a personal or not. So last night, I went to watch the Cowboys and the Giants game. I went to a sports bar with my friend, and three things happened. I want to know if all, I should take all three of these things personal. First thing was, I hate when I'm in an establishment and there's people that are talking way too loud. So there was two guys and two girls at a table, and the one guy I think was kind of showing off in front of all the girls, but you can hear his conversation from way across the, um, the establishment. People were turning around looking at him like, why are you talking so loud? 
So that's number one. Number two, about 10.30 at night. Mind you, this is a sports bar that we're in. Um, a man and his wife comes in with a two or three-year-old baby. 10.30 at night, sports bar. Of course, the baby's crying, baby's crying. So they're walking the baby around trying to get it to be quiet. I'm like, the baby is tired. It is 10.30 at night and you're in a sports bar. That's the second one. The third one really, really got on my nerves. I ordered a beverage. I see that the, the glass is cracked on the beverage. I send it back. Something in my gut told me to make sure I watch that transaction take place. The bartender finds a new glass and just simply dumps the contents into the new glass without pouring me a new drink. So she comes back in. I said, I'm not drinking that. There could be glass in there. It's not even the waiter's fault, but the bartender's fault. Should I be taking all of this stuff personally? Me? Absolutely not. Why not? Well, because I think most times it's our ego that's getting away and, you know, getting in the way. We have to just think, no, it's not about us. Mm. So for all you know, right, for all we know, um, that couple is traveling on the road. They needed to stop and get something to eat. Mm -hmm. You did say they were walking the baby around trying to quiet the baby down. True. So we don't know their circumstance. My friend did say maybe they're coming from California and, you know, the jet lag and all of this stuff. I said, all right, I'll give you that one. Yep, could be. What about the other two? So the loud talkers, um, maybe this gentleman has some, has some kind of a disability. Hmm. Maybe, you never know. Hmm. Maybe he has a hearing problem. I've just, my feeling is, yes, getting annoyed, but kind of looking past it saying, okay, well, what is it that I'm not seeing about this? I'm going to say I would almost agree with you, except for the fact that there was two guys and two girls. The other guy was being a little extra, too. I think they were trying to show off in front of their dates or whatever. They were young guys, too. Mm -hmm. They might just been a loud person, yeah. but he was being a little extra. Yes. How about the glass? The glass would get on my nerves. Mm. Now that, yeah, that would get on my nerves. Just take that person. They need to know better. They should have been trained properly. I think a lot of places in food establishment, people, you know, don't get the training they need. They but could have killed me last night. You could have, you could, but you're here. This is true. You are here today. This is, why can't people just do their job? That's what I don't understand. I don't know. Hmm. It's, it's frustrating. Maybe because they don't want to be there. Hmm. Maybe. Then why do the job then? That's right. At the end of the day. So the glass is the most, you know, problem, the biggest problem in this mm. So we are talking to a phenomenal educator, um, phenomenal yoga instructor. At least I'm going to find out hopefully in a few minutes here. Um, obviously, proud mother. You can put all these titles on this person. Um, so I am in Burlington City with Dr. Darla Soleil, right? That's it. All right. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for making the trip to Burlington City. Oh, that's fine. Like I said, I had nothing else to do. My goal was to do yeah. nothing. You ruined that for Sorry. me. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good, though. Uh, so let's talk about, I want to go into your journey into education. Okay. Start there. Because you're a principal mm -hmm. of the ECEC building. You got the little, little, little kids. Yes, I do. Did you, um, when you were little, were you, was your passion into education or did you want to do something completely different? Um, when I was younger, I thought I was going to do something um, along the lines of journalism, writing, something to that, and I kind of fell into education. I worked for a while in um, the newspaper industry, doing a lot of writing, and I found myself being drawn to education, writing, writing more on educational topics. Mm. And as I began to do that, I thought, hmm, and that's when I started to explore possibly moving, shifting careers into education. What drew you yeah. to the journalism thing? I love writing. 
Really? Yes. You're probably the only person that I've ever met that actually loves writing. Right? Because writing is like, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love writing, and I've, you know, published a few things here and there, and, you know, having worked for newspapers, it's fun to create. It's, you know, it's a creative process. Mm. Mm-hmm. Are we going to get a book in the near future from uh, the doctor? I don't know. No, okay. I don't well, know. we'll try to convince you to do that before the end of this podcast. <laughs> oh, so. boy. So you made the transition into, into education. What was your first teaching job? So I, my first teaching job was in Burlington Township, and I, I went into an eighth grade classroom. And I was teaching, yes, I was teaching language arts literacy. And the good thing about it was I brought all of the skills that I learned in journalism Mm. right into the classroom. So I think it was um, meaningful for students, especially I I taught journalism as an elective as well. So, Mm. um, you know, I did a lot of the things that I learned as a writer Mm -hmm. and taught that in the classroom. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Let's talk about everyone has a horror story, at least maybe not their first day into the classroom. Um, how nervous were you? Was there something that happened that, like for me, when I first got in the classroom, um, it was at the high school in Hamilton, and there was a science teacher above me, and I had taught TV media, and we're kind of on a similar path here, mm-hmm. and he was doing this water displacement okay. thing. So the water overflows and pours into my classroom on the first day of school. I was like, this that was my first teaching experience. Wow. What was your first day like? Oh my goodness. What was my first day like? I don't really remember anything standing out like that. Um, I think I just, you know, went in there and really didn't have a whole lot of background because mm-hmm. I was, you know, I switched from journalism. Mm-hmm. So I just plunged right in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you had a lot of kids, a lot of, you know, blank stares looking back at you. So just trying to make connections with them. But no, I don't remember any one thing in particular like that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you were nervous, though. Of course I was nervous. Of course I was. Here's these kids looking at you, right? and then you have to sort of put something together to yes, keep their interest, keep their and, interest and, and learn. And, That's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, so you go from that, and eventually you go into being an administrator. Why okay. did you make that decision to come to the dark side of education? To the dark side. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, well, let's see. From there, I went into, I got my master's in um, reading, and I was a reading specialist for a while. Then I went to work for the State Department of Education, mm-hmm. talking about the, the real dark, dark side. side. Just kidding. <laughs> we love the state. We love them so much. So I took a sabbatical from my uh, position in Burlington Township to become a literacy coach. Hmm. And it was a great opportunity, learned a ton. You know, it was a great learning experience. One of the things I ran into as a coach was I wanted to get certain things done in my building Mm -hmm. and you know you would run into roadblocks Mm -hmm. and so I thought well if I become a principal I can maybe try and remove some of those roadblocks and that's what I did. (laughs) How's that been going for you removing those roadblocks? It's been good because you can you can kind of create as you know Mm -hmm. the climate and and you know the feel of the building right. and you can you know you can get more done gotcha in that seat do you miss being in the classroom so I know I, I do I used to sometimes because I, I loved my thing was um, I loved collaborating with other with mm-hmm. teachers mm-hmm. that was great I'm so glad I had the opportunity but um, I get to you know like as we do we get to you know be with the kids every day so mm-hmm. 
I still feel like I'm kind of <laughs> part of it. <laughs> My brother is, is still in the classroom and he always looks at me and he was like, I'm thinking about going into administration, not for educational reasons, only because he says you can go to the bathroom anytime you want. That's right. That's important. Yeah, <laughs> it's really important. That's okay. I guess it's one of the perks is like to go to the bathroom. Right. Exactly. But That's I, big. That's big. big. But the trade-off is you still got to deal with all that other stuff. Yes, you do. Like, you know, my job is 99% negative all day long. <laughs> It is. I deal with discipline. I deal with problems. Like it's, I have to create things in order for, <laughs> for it to be positive. That's too funny. So that, that's what I, it's the nature of, of the beaks. Um, so I try to create an environment that's um, happy and fun and, and things. So I do fist bumps and yes, I do podcasts yes, and all that you stuff. You do. That's for my own benefit. I do because I'm state of mind. Right, I'm driving myself crazy down right. there. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. So you got your masters. Yep. Then you did something. We both did something that was crazy. We went on it this doctor doctorate journey. Yes, we did. Why did you choose it? Oh my goodness. Ugh. I really think that I feel like in whatever I do, mm. I want to do it to the very best of my ability. And I love learning. So to me, that was a logical next step mm. uh, just to continue learning and you know become the best educator that I can be, especially because it's a big charge, you mm. know, you've got all these little minds and, you know, you're, you, you're an important person. So I wanted to just make sure I was doing everything to the best of my ability. That's really good. Me, it was a straight competition with my brothers. They, <laughs> they both got their masters. I said, you know, I got a one-up. I can talk. <laughs> I, I, I can do this. Yeah. So go ahead and just got it done. And, um, well, really, I'm the only one in my family that has it, so that that's was kind awesome. of a big thing. That is um, a big as thing as well. So yes. um, let's talk about that journey, though. Um, oh. it, you, I'm assuming that you had found like foundational classes in the beginning, and then yes. near the tail end, you started the process of writing your dissertation. I did. What was your topic that you chose? Your so I chose using children's literature um, to address social emotional learning mm. in first grade students. Mm-hmm. You know, so using children's literature to really, you know, um, see how you can, uh, you know, have conversations with kids mm. and possibly make changes in them. Mm. You know, to you know develop more empathy for other people and so forth. Mm. So that was my study. Gotcha. Um, I did have foundational classes. I went. I went through Drexel. Mm. And then at one point, um, I, when I became principal of the ECEC, I took a year off because I didn't want to take on that important role and be dissertating, mm. as you know, which can be brutal. Right. Um, so I took off a year. They didn't think I'd come back. I should have did what you did. Mm-hmm. I didn't even talk to my wife. Maybe I'll take next year off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, I put it on hold. And honestly, most people who put it on hold do not go back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm going to come back. Right. I assure you. And I did. Gotcha. Um, what method did you use? So mine was mixed methods. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Brain right soul. So for those that are out there that are starting your journey and may not know what mixed method is, it is a combination of qualitative and quantitative um, research. Um, think numbers and thoughts. I guess this is the simplest way that mm-hmm. I can break it down. Ooh, you are a brave soul doing mixed methods. Ah, oh, Dr. Josie. <laughs> yes. Just make it doubly hard. Why not? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't want anything to do with anything quantitative. Mine was strictly qualitative. I'll do uh, theories and I'll read people's minds all day long. But when it comes to numbers and trying to find data mm-hmm. and all that, I, I 
Yeah, that was tough. just too much. That was tough. It's so many different ways to look at data, you know what I mean, and interpret it. So I kind of just wanted to have people tell their stories and I'll find the themes Absolutely. and all that stuff. And if I had it to do over again, I probably would mm. do just one method and probably qualitative, I think, mm. would have been better for me. But, um, you know, my chairperson mm. came into play and she was very numbers oriented. Mm. She's kind of pushed me to do mm-hmm. mixed methods, so gotcha. I did. Gotcha. Yeah. So the the process is really for people that are out there. Um, you have a team, I guess you could say, and you have to have a chairperson on there, and then there's uh, people from the university that's kind of on your team as well that you will be presenting to. Um, the key for me is I found the best best chairperson. She edited my papers. I, you are edit, lucky. I got you so are lucky. So you have lucky. to find somebody that is really, really willing to work with you. Yes, you do. And um, when it came time to present, she already had asked all of her questions, so there was no questions for me from her. So I had people that were in my cohort, mm-hmm. and I hear people that I'm listening to their presentation, and their, their chairperson is tearing them up. Oh my god! And I'm like, what are you That's doing? not okay, no. right? Uh-uh. They're supposed to be supportive of it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So you get to the point where it's time to present and defend. Yep. Um, I wish somebody would have told me that really that's just a formality at that point because they wouldn't let yes. you get that far. No. So there's so many of my friends right now that are going through the process and they're freaking out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, relax. I said, if they yes. let you get to this point, it's just a formality. 100%. You present and, it, yes. and it's done and right. over. But do you remember how nerve wracking it oh my was? Gosh. I absolutely do mm-hmm. because you didn't know what the questions would, would be mm-hmm. and you're on the spot. Right. Um, but that's the name of the game. That's the name that's, of the game. You know, that's what's required. It's almost like a rite of passage. Yeah. You have to do it. The questions I had had nothing to do with my research. Like, they asked really? me questions about, like, college stuff. And my research okay. was on high school kids. Like, oh, boy. And at that point, I knew it was just, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's over at mm-hmm. that point. Um, but I don't know, like, you had to present physically in person? Or you did I did mine um, remotely. Yeah, I yeah. did too. Mm-hmm. So they, my process was after you presented, you had to wait for a phone yes. call. Yes. That was the longest, it looked like two days <laughs> in the history of, of waiting. I was like, you know, I told my wife, I was like, listen, you need to have my drink ready. I'm sitting here, either I'm like, this drink will taste really good right now. Right? It's going to be. Right? So I'm well, sitting there Ours was on um, some kind of, um, I don't know, software that they use where you're actually, you're seeing them. Mm. You know, kind of like Skype, gotcha. I guess. So they just, they all went off into the, you know, Skype room and I just waited. Wow. And then they all came back on screen. So in that sense, it was, you know, it was live, obviously. So you saw people yes. while you were at oh, yeah. oh, and I, oh, yeah. it was just my presentation. No, I saw there. all of them. Oh, that's got to be Saw their rap. faces. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of looked fire. confused. <laughs> what did she mean by that? Writing notes. Oh, I know. that's crazy. Oh. Yeah. Um, but that moment where they came back on and they said congratulations. Oh my goodness, that was the best, yeah, right? Like the, the weight of the world was yes. like off your shoulders, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But then me and you had a conversation not too long ago about the afterlife of that. Yep. It's like, what do you do now? We did. We you did it. all of that work. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> all of those nights. Yes. And what do you do now? So you, what do you do now? You open a yoga studio. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. That's so, true. That's what I did. That's true. That's true. And mm-hmm. people ask me all the time, like, how did you get it done so fast? And I said, you know, I did this study a long time ago in my life called Wasted Minutes. 
how much time was I wasting in a day? Ooh. And it started, it was like maybe six hours a day. I'm really? talking about going to the water cooler, watching TV, okay. like doing stupid stuff, checking my phone. Right. I said, if I can cut that in half, yes. you know how much more work I could get done through the course of I do that. Day? I've heard of that recently. Where you're really, awesome. But the thing is, I don't watch TV, mm-hmm. rarely, maybe the news or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like you. I commute, so I spend a lot of time in the car. Oh, right. I don't know, but I still think it's worth looking at. Mm. Like how exactly are you spending your minutes? Right, right. Yeah. So even when I wrote the book, that <laughs> started my dissertation journey while I finished the book, my commute was so long, I would just talk into my phone. Oh, and that's how I wrote like most great. of the most of the stuff. But I was obsessed to the point where I would go to my daughter's practice two hours while other parents are talking. I'm in the car writing right. or reading and right. just using that time. You have no choice. No. When you're in that, uh-uh. yeah. But the problem is on the backside is now my brain is still wanting to do that exactly. stuff. So I have to fill it with something. So I you agree. filled yours with the yoga studio. I did. I never saw this coming. No. no what sparked the idea? Um, well, I, um, we were spending, you know, we spend a lot of time on um, Beach Haven on, you know, our summers. And I saw a yoga studio there. And I thought, I want to try that. Um, you know, I just thought something different, mm. having been like a runner for my whole life. Mm. That was my form of exercise. And you just get tired of it after many, many, many years. So mm. I said, let me give it a try. And immediately I loved it. Mm. I felt so good. I felt like it was such a great workout. And I just got more and more into it. Mm. And then I decided to do teacher training, which I did. I'm still in advanced training now. And... Um, I didn't have a yoga, there was no really, not the type of studio that I was looking for mm-hmm. in near my home. So yes, there's one in Beach Haven, but right. I'm not there all the time. Right. So um, my husband and I would come to um, eat down here, you know, High Street, the brick wall. And um, I would look around and say, you know, why don't we have something here? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of stores that are closed now, and why can't something be here? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, maybe I should Open one. one. And that's what I did. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like the more that you talk, we have the same mentality with, with stuff. Well, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. What's the worst that can happen? Absolutely. Right? Right. You're, you're right. Um, I pride myself in trying to make myself uncomfortable because I feel like that's where growth happens. Uh, yes. So I'll try new things. I'll open up a business. I'll try a nonprofit. I'll try. My wife thinks I'm crazy. Like, what are you right. doing now? Exactly. But I'm like, the. I've learned so much through those, that process, um, and it's it's really interesting. Let's get to the different types of yoga, because I'm here, me and my friend, my buddy lives in California, and he sent me some stuff, vinyasa uh-huh. flow and all that. Yep. Like, what are you talking about? And he's so not a yoga person. Right. I was like, you've read that somewhere on the right. internet. <laughs> what are some of the different types of, of yoga? Now, I guess they're hearing these things, hot yoga, and right. somebody said something about a boot yoga. I was like, this stuff's getting yoga. out of control. <laughs> Well, of course, we've westernized mm-hmm. yoga, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Um, vinyasa yoga, it is. It's a flow. Mm-hmm. So it's it's basically just an energetic um, set of moves. It's creative because you you know the the instructor is creating which moves you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So it's not a set form of yoga. Um, like Baptiste yoga is a set 
you know, number of moves that you move through. Mm-hmm. So the vinyasa really um, gives you more creativity. And um, it is just that. It's linking your breath to movement mm-hmm. and working through a series of moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do a lot of the, I don't want to call it chanting, but there's, I guess. I don't, no, yeah, no. Yeah. That kind of that weirds me it's out kind of weird, Yeah, right. That, yeah, there's there's kind of that end of it, and then there's the, the end of it. Like, I like to focus more on the movement of it, the anatomy. Mm-hmm. I think it's very interesting mm-hmm. how yoga can, it really gets rid of stress in your body. Because mm-hmm. we hold stress in our body, mm-hmm. as you know, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, your shoulders are up at your ears, like, wait a minute. So you can release a lot of that stress mm-hmm. um, from doing yoga. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the mentality part. How does it impact your, your mindset um, if someone wants to go into deep practice yeah, of yoga? Definitely. Um, I think it's different from one of the things I liked about it too is you know running. Okay, put your sneakers on, go outside. You're hitting the pavement, mm-hmm. right? You're starting running right mm-hmm. away. It's not really much of a warm up, right? Even walk for a few minutes, you know you're going to have to start running in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't really like it that much all those years, but I made myself do it. Why? Stay in shape, Mm -hmm. you know, had to do movement, Mm -hmm. needed to do something. Um, So when I, you know, with yoga, it's different because you have a few minutes of uh, that warm up time. Mm -hmm. So like thinking about your mindset, you're sitting, you're preparing, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You know, you start to focus on your breath and then you've got a few minutes of that and then you're starting to stretch a little bit. And by the time the instructor has moved you up to the point where you're really working out, Mm -hmm. you don't even know how you got there, you know, with a good teacher. teacher, Um, And then you, you know, at the end of that working, working out time, you have some, you know, coming back to slowing it down, mm-hmm. coming back to your breath. And, right. you know, there's, um, it's called Shavasana at the end where you kind of lie down and you're just breathing. Mm-hmm. And then you get up and, you know, that's the end of class. So it's almost like a little journey that you've taken, gotcha. you know, but you're getting your workout in. And, okay. Yeah. Uh, my problem is I tried yoga a couple years ago, but my mind can't focus in the moment like I found it really really hard for me to just to focus and be present there in yes. that time and what would happen I would literally like fall asleep right because right? I'm yeah. just like yeah, that's, yeah. my brain just shuts off right. it's just, it's, it hasn't that happens off, but, to people sometimes but yeah. I don't think that's like benefiting me in terms it's, of yoga well, it's probably not <laughs> <laughs> it's benefiting your sleep right, right. so how do you get into that that you know, that mindset of being present in, in that moment. So you probably wouldn't want to lie down because no. that's just going to help you to fall asleep. No. <laughs> um, so I would, you know, I feel like just, just again, just breathing. Mm-hmm. If you do have thoughts that come in, mm-hmm. just let them go. You know, just letting them go. Acknowledging them, but then let them go. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do that. Mm-hmm. You can. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, my brain, I... This is in 8,000 different directions. Even right now, as we're talking, I'm Absolutely. thinking about something else. Absolutely. And that's that's why we have stress, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I always tell my students, you know, and we say this a lot in yoga, like, just this hour is for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got your to-do list is waiting for you, I promise you, when you mm-hmm. leave here. That, that list is waiting. <laughs> it's going to be waiting you know, for a You're still going to have to go home and vacuum and make dinner <laughs> and do whatever you have to do. Yeah. So, just give this hour to yourself. Mm-hmm. And give it your all, mm-hmm. and be present, and then you'll be you'll be better in about an hour. And that was kind of the spirit of I do these Thursday thoughts of the week things yes. for teachers. And the last one yes. I had was um, caps for sale. Yep. And it was about um, 
being present in the moment of being, you know, a teacher or educator. Like you can't solve home issues while you are at work and vice versa. So I, on that level, I can cut that off. But at work, my brain is in 8,000 different places. Always. And then when I shut work off, then home is in eight different. Exactly. And you got the business in this. But, um, you know, being in that that mind frame and that being uh, present, uh, it's huge. It's It's so so productive, too. In everything. Mm -hmm. You know, even in conversations like, you know, we're having right now Mm -hmm. or when you're at your dinner table. Mm -hmm. Being there, not wondering about what's the next thing. Or parenting. Yes. (laughs) Being present with your kids. Is I can't stand when we go out to eat and I see families just on their phone. I know. Our rule in our family is that even at home, there's no phones at no the dinner table. We no sit phones. and we talk and, and we're present. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to, I mean, there's moments where, you know, daddy's working, right. finishing up something right. and then, you know, they of want course. my attention. Um, but you need to make sure that you're definitely in the moment um, with your kids and, and life in general, right? Whether it's relationships, whether it's work, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. When they walk through that door, they're supposed to feel like, you know, you've been waiting for them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they're the most important thing. This is true. And they mm-hmm. have diarrhea in the mouth of my kids. So they get in their car, it's like, Daddy, this is Uh-huh. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. Then they pick up their phones. And then, yes. and <laughs> then that's it. Oh, I've had enough of you, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. That's yes. funny. So how do you balance all of this stuff? Oh, how do I balance all of this stuff? Um, probably not very well. Why would you say that? Well, I have a very messy house. <laughs> so this week, all I'm doing is cleaning. It's relative. I tell my wife I all know. the time, it's relative. Yeah. It's if you would go into anyone's house, let's say on a Wednesday right. afternoon, right. it's going to look like everybody else's house. It's going to yes. be stuff everywhere. Clothes yeah. need to be put away. Something has to be neglected. Right. right? You have out to. The door. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but you've got to be doing something. I mean, you have, you know, successful yoga studio, successful career. I think it's partly what you have said. You know, when I'm when I'm doing my day job, when I'm in school, I'm fully there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm concentrating on what I have to do there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't be thinking about one thing while, you know, doing something else. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, doing it, doing it that way, like compartmentalizing... Um, you know, I read a little bit every night before mm. bed. Um, this this is more of a night thing for me. Mm. You I hear do. that, people? This is the third time I'm hearing this, that you need to read. Oh, <laughs> read, my goodness. Read, read, Yes. All the time. I at least put in an hour a day, a 15-minute, and, and, you know. Absolutely. Um, yes. So make sure you're reading. There's nothing more important. Yeah. I, and whether I was just thinking about this on the way up here. Because um, there's people saying to me, like, I've been with this company for 15, 20 years, and I'm still not being promoted. I said, there, and I'm thinking, there's really two reasons why you're not being mm-hmm. promoted. One, it's a personality thing. You may be sure. not fit in the culture sure. or whatever that next mm-hmm. step is. Two, you not have not developed the skill set to make it at that next right. level. What that means is you have to be a lifelong learner. Like you 100%. have to. I can't even in education, and it blows my mind that more educators don't read. I agree. And if, you know, that's one thing that sticks out for me. I mean, you know, we do a lot of interviewing Mm -hmm. and um, sometimes we interview people a second time. And I want to know, like, what have you changed or developed Mm -hmm. since the last time we talked? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll, you know, say, here's some books you might want to read because I need you to know deeply about topic X, Y, Z. And um, if that didn't happen. mm, So what are you reading right now? Oh my gosh, I have so many books um, right now on the topic of yoga um, that are, you know, anatomy books. Mm-hmm. One of them is called Yoga as Origami, 
and it talks about how um, hmm. your yeah your body is almost like thinking about it like um, geometry, hmm. how the pieces fit together, and what you can do um, yoga wise to make things work better. Hmm. So that's one thing. Yeah. What's your your go to book? What's your favorite or who your favorite author is? Let's go there. Or or if you have My that book. My favorite author. I like I like memoirs. Hmm. So I just finished. Um, the book Educated, so, so amazing. I could not put it down. Hmm. Yes, I have to give you that book because it is, it's amazing. Hmm. I know you don't really go for memoirs much. I do here and there. I go through waves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I'm not, right now I'm currently reading like four different books. So right. Four different genres too. So it's like. So what are the genres? I got a, my little fluff book, the, the, uh, it's a, Fictional book about some CIA mess. Sure. This is, you know, just your bathroom read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Talent Code, which I just posted on uh, Facebook, talks about, um, you know, the 10,000 hours concept, yes. but it talks about deep practice and then motivation okay. and things of that nature. Oh, I like that. Um, so that one was a pretty decent one. Um, and then I'm reading um, The Souls of Black Folks, which is a collection of essays about. Uh-huh. Um, the time from emancipation to, I would say, that maybe the 60s, maybe. Uh-huh. I'm talking about African-American life there. Uh-huh. Um, and then a slew of educational articles. Of course. Like, I always right. just read, yep. read, read. Mm-hmm. And, and it says 15 minutes. And my kids are doing it because um, they have to read 15 minutes every night. So to model that behavior, I mean, my wife usually reads for 15 minutes. Uh, either with them or separately. Um, but in the morning, I wake up, have my little coffee. I'll read 15 right. minutes. Move on to the next thing. When you come to the office in the morning, chances are I'm at my secretary's desk reading yeah, something. That's great. Every 15 minutes, I, I try to pick up something. That's a good, it. I mean, kind of rule to live by mm-hmm. is that 15 minutes. That's it. You know. Yeah, your mind needs to, especially like most people take a break at, at work. Yep. My break downtown, I'll take the 15 minutes off the street where I'll get up and walk. Mm-hmm. And this is where these crazy Thursday thoughts, Thursday thoughts of the week come. Thursday thoughts, <laughs> I do. You should start doing. Yeah, I used to do more of that. Yeah, but I haven't in a while. Mm. But no, it is a good it's idea. Fun stuff. Yeah. Um, it started because I wanted to do a lesson of the day on Facebook because mm-hmm. I saw all these negative things and people post all these negative things. So I started these lessons of the day things on Facebook, and then I kind of just transitioned it into into school and. It's a great idea because I feel like what we focus on expands. Mm. So we need to put more positive, you know, messages out mm. there. And I get to this point where I was like, I maybe I wanted to stop doing it or I couldn't be weeks where I don't think of anything. But then people will say all the time, like, look forward to it. And I wouldn't, yeah. I don't necessarily, you don't know what, how you impact you people. Don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? You so don't it's kind of crazy. impact people. And sometimes I'll sit there, I'll type something. I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to send that. I'll erase the whole thing because uh, I'm like, maybe that's just too much. It went over their head. Well, so. save it, put it in another file, mm-hmm. and then you can pull it out. And maybe you'll look at it with different eyes. Mm-hmm. You, true. You know. true. So on our podcast and our belief in, in empowerment perspective is having a why, a reason why you do certain mm-hmm. things. Because if you don't have that strong why, you when the tough times come, it's easy to quit. Yes. So why are you doing all this? What's your reason? Mm-hmm. So this particular thing now with the studio, I think my why is, um, I felt like, well, why can't we have something in this town? Mm. Why should we have to go outside the city or town of Burlington to get, you know, a nice studio and a nice yoga class and a good place to work out? And it, it made me mad, mm. you know, that it wasn't here. Mm. So I guess, I don't know if that's a good why, 
but it's almost like a little deviant. No, I'm going to have it here. You're taking it personally. Right? I take it personally. I really do. It's like saying, oh, well, you know, your town, no, mm-hmm. you don't deserve this. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. So that's, that's my why. Yeah, it's an emotional attachment to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting. It's during our presentation, we show this um, clip of this. Uh, guy singing and he sings the song Amazing Grace and he says all right the guy says sing the song Amazing Grace so he sings his version of mm-hmm. the Amazing Grace mm-hmm. he said all right I want you to sing it again but I want you to pretend that your your aunt just passed and you oh. know all of these things yeah. like the emotional yeah. things and he sung it completely different because yes. his why was different than, than the first time so right. your why is so important um, to the way you go about life mm-hmm. and then do things. Um, mm-hmm. For me, it's my kids are, are my why. Like, I want the mm-hmm. Josie name to mean something. And, and everything that I do kind of is, is based off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I can't let them down. Right. So, so I right. need to go at it 100% in everything I do. I might be doing a million different things, but I'm going to do it the best I possibly can. That's, I mean, you can't get any better than right. that. Right. So, and that why. And it, and it has trickled down to my kids already. I mean, Simone is. Um, gifted and talented, she's in soccer, competitive cheer, she's doing flute, she's in builder club, like I already see the seeds yes. already being planted. The little one, I gotta work on her a little Aww. bit. She's me to the T <laughs> <laughs> right now. But she is in soccer, is in gifted and talented, but she just if she could get away with doing nothing <laughs> She'll do it. But um, again, modeling that behavior for, for them is, is extremely important. Of course. Talk about the business of running a yoga studio. The business of running a yoga studio. That sounds like one of the modules I had to take in teacher training. Yeah. In fact, it was. The business of running a yoga studio. Um, well, it's, it's honestly, it's not a whole lot different mm-hmm. from running in school in terms of picking teachers mm-hmm. and you want a good team Mm -hmm. you want to bring in people that are in line with your vision Mm -hmm. um so and and yeah that's a big one it is a big one it's tough it is tough it's tough um but in that aspect it's really finding people that um you know i want i want anybody that walks through those doors i want them to feel accepted Mm -hmm. wanted important Mm -hmm. and i think a good teacher can you know is able to create that environment customer service yeah Totally. Same at school. Mm -hmm. I want our students to, you know, walk in that school Mm -hmm. and feel, you know, like, wow, they really care about me here. You know, so same thing, you know, you're looking for certain qualities in your teachers. So there's Mm -hmm. that part of it. And then there's the business part of it. Um, You know, um, you know, just making day to day decisions Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, what software you're going to use for your, you know, online appointments and, you know, that whole aspect mm. of it. Marketing mm. is something very new to me. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah. My Achilles heel right there. Yeah. I can't stand it. Yeah. Yeah, because you feel like you have to self-promote. Yeah. But you do. You do. Absolutely. So, one of the things I read recently, um, yeah, I have some marketing books, too, um, that I'm reading. It's said that if you, you think of it this way, like you're marketing to get something to somebody that they need that. And mm-hmm. if you don't do that, you're doing them a disservice. Mm-hmm. You've heard that? Right. Yeah. 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 So the same philosophy that I have is I'm marketing a why. Once you develop the reason for them to need yeah. our services, we can talk about the how and all that stuff right. later. But if I have to 
marketing a lie at the yeah. end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. And a lot of people that go into business in general, and I know my audience probably heard me say this a million times, but there's really two sides to the game, the content side and the business side. Yes. And, you know, and you're going to, when you talk about taking on people, employees and things, you got to realize they're not going to care about your business the way that you do. That's right. And that's a huge um, thing that I have to learn. Yes. Like, all right, you're not as passionate about this as me. You might be yeah. interested. You right. might be good at it. Right. But you're not, you know, your your why is completely different than mine. Um, but it you you have to be able to juggle both worlds. And you have to be able to juggle both worlds. And I think you have to, um, like, you look at what we put into our dissertations. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was years mm-hmm. of, you know, straight up work, mm-hmm. constant, nonstop. Mm-hmm. So I think to be successful in anything, you have to be willing to put that time in, mm-hmm. even when it gets hard. Absolutely. A lot of people quit when the success yes. is right around the corner. Yes. Like in, they, <laughs> on a previous podcast, my wife had talked about her mentality. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, if I don't make my mind up to do something, I'm going to do it. Right. right. And she wholeheartedly believes that. I think a lot of people say they want to do things. Yes. But they don't necessarily want to put in that long term. And they may not realize what's involved. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think you can start to see patterns in yourself too. Like, mm-hmm. when do I quit? Mm-hmm. Is there a certain time in any project that I just say, you know what, I don't want to do this? Mm-hmm. Or, so start to look for those patterns. Mm-hmm. And then if it's something you really want, notice it and then move past right, it. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. I just moments, and I'll be honest and transparent, there's moments of like, I'm not doing podcasts anymore. Right. I'm not doing the power perspective right. thing anymore. But then I'll run into somebody that says that I've helped them or some, you right. know, then I get that energy back up again. And it's like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's yes. conquer the world. Exactly. <laughs> and then you get overwhelmed again. And then it's kind of like, you know, I keep going back to yes. to those people. Right. Um, yeah, it is impacting people. Your yoga studio is helping people way beyond what you can even imagine. Because you don't even know what the conversations they're having out I there don't. and how they change yeah. their mindset. No. So, um that I think that's one of the hardest things about the things that we do in terms of service. Like it's not mm-hmm. the reward is not necessarily tangible. It, exactly. You know what I mean, exactly. it's hard to 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 see it, and it takes those moments for people to say, "You are doing a good job." It does take those moments. Right. Yeah, right. it keeps you going. It keeps you going. Mm-hmm. Even at my job as assistant principal, it's mm-hmm. like everyone's like, "You're doing a great job." I was like, I, "All I see is flaws all over the place." Like oh. I, I did this wrong. I could have did this better. I could be doing more. And then every once in a while, I got to sit back and like, all right, they haven't fired me yet, so I guess, <laughs> guess I'm still doing a good job. No, they have not. Yeah, of course so. not. But we see, we tend to do that, though. Mm-hmm. We, put, you know, we see our own flaws. Mm-hmm. We're hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. On some level, I think it's healthy. On some level. On some level. But I always, you know, I read again somewhere, somebody said, you know, how would you, you know, say, communicate with somebody doing the same thing that you are? Mm -hmm. What are the things you would say to them? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't beat them down. You Mm -hmm. did this wrong. You did that wrong. You'd be saying to them, like, look at all the things you're doing. Right? Right. Right. This is true. I don't know. I'm overly critical of myself about everything. So um, when I go through my little moments of, I wouldn't say depression, but sadness of like, I'm really messing up right now. Right. But then it's just like, all right, let me refocus and recharge the, mm-hmm. the battery. We talked in a couple of episodes ago about your self-talk and what oh your, what's going on yes. in your brain. 
And I really had to go back because I was such a, a pessimist. All the time, everything mm-hmm. was negative. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point, my friends, we would go to the championship basketball game. Like, you know we're going to lose right before the game. <laughs> Stop. But my mentality was when it, something bad happens, when it happens, right. I'm not d- destroyed by it. Because that's just the way my I background see. and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. But when we won, it made it that much more sweeter because it was like I was expecting to lose. Interesting. So that was just the way my brain thought but it would bleed into other areas of my life my wife yes. was like you need to start why are you so negative about everything because you're programming yourself mm-hmm. with that self-talk it's so important right right and the interesting thing i found is on that episode i talked to my 10 year old daughter and asked her because i never asked her i said what are the voices saying in your head yeah and surprisingly enough it was all positive that's awesome like you know i can do this i can do this right. i was like there is a little voice in her head and so things. i <laughs> hope they, that little voice stays positive mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, my job is to make it, to make it possible. Stay positive. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is manufacturing, I say manufacturing struggle for my kids. Like, I put them in somewhat challenging, safe, challenging spaces right. where they actually have to do some work and right. I want them to fail on some level to be able to overcome yes. certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where, and you know, the cheerleading and the, the sports and stuff, I think that's where the that self-talk is starting right. to develop in, mm-hmm. in them. And it's just a matter of watering that seed and trying to get them yeah, to... Yeah, because there's, there are going to be many disappointments in life. Mm. And so, you know, teaching them to move past it mm. and doing it ourselves. Right, right. It's That's a lifelong true. process. That's true. And I think a lot of parents are falling short of letting their kids fail. Yes. Um, and I think it's getting worse, generally speaking, because I spoke to a couple of college professors are saying that their parents, uh, their students' parents are calling them and still advocating wow. for them. And one wow. of them ended up quitting because he said it's just too much. It's a out college of control. professor. Yes. So these are adults right. that don't know how to advocate for themselves. And I mean, I had a conversation with Simone, my 10-year-old, and she had a question about a grade. I said, you need to go ask the teacher. Exactly. I said, you, I, no, I can, but you need to go right. ask your... Right. And I think a lot of parents are doing their children a disservice by always coming and saving the day. Mm-hmm. What's the worst that could happen? Let them struggle a little bit. You're not going to make let them make a big mess of no, it. No, of course not. But... Um, let them feel it a little bit. Let them feel it because they're going to feel it. Yeah, it's coming. They're going to feel it. Trust me. <laughs> it's right? It, it's Life is coming. coming. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You're going to fail more than more times than more you times. Succeed. And you have to be comfortable with, with failing. Um, like I said, I create failure on my own just so I can feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly why I do it too. Uh, I plan it that way. I don't play it. I want to go out and do these great things, but I'm always going to push myself and see what happens. That's awesome. So let's talk about location. How can people find you? Okay, well, they can find me by going online, sunsailyoga.com. And um, it's got our schedule, all the information is there. Uh, We're in the heart of Burlington City. Um, right on High Street and Broad Street, the corner of High Street and Broad Street, in a beautiful historical yes. building. Yes. I was telling you about. This is the Metropolitan Inn. Um, there's senior housing up top of it, but there's you know a few stores um, where we are here. So just look for this gorgeous building. Yeah, it's yeah. really easy to get to. Come right off 295, the Burlington exit, and it's pretty much you know maybe two three miles off of the exit. Yeah, right straight off the exit. Mm-hmm. Beautiful area. Um, yes. Make sure you check her out and come get your vinyasa flow there you on go see that all the <laughs> see terminology, that, that terminology now I need another one give me another one um, yin yoga yin yoga yin. Mm-hmm. what's that deep stretching deep stretching yes 
Yeah. It sounds painful. It's not. It's good for athletes, mm. especially, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was yep. saying, we were saying off uh, offline that uh, I coached at Rowan. I was seeing the football team bring out their Absolutely. yoga mats and start stretching. Mm-hmm. So it's a thing. It's, it's a, a thing. thing. I got my son into it. Mm-hmm. He was having some trouble with his back. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, went to an orthopedic surgeon. Mm-hmm. And the orthopedic surgeon suggested that he try yoga. Mm. So, interesting. There you go. Huh. <laughs> so, in the spirit of, uh, I didn't tell you about this part, but in the spirit of Mr. Petty not being here, every year and every time we go away and we do these podcasts, we ask our guests and we try to find out if they are petty or not. So, would you consider yourself <laughs> no, to not. be a petty person? Oh, gosh. I hope not. We all hope we're not petty. I've embraced my petty. I don't, how will I know if I'm petty? <laughs> mm. Is this uh, just my own opinion? Yeah, you think you're petty. Or do you have petty moments? I have petty moments. Mm. Would your children say that you're petty? Would my children say that I'm petty? They, my children would say I'm annoying. Mm. You know, clean up this, clean up that. That's petty. That's petty. They need no, time it's not off. petty. They need to clean they up. They need time off. They, we were they just talking about more. responsibility <laughs> here. Let's go back to that. <laughs> Gotta embrace your pettiness. Would your husband say that you're petty? Oh boy. <laughs> I'm gonna let you ask him. I will ask him next time. I next time. December 14th, yes. I believe. Yes. You will see him. I will see him. So you can ask definitely him. Uh, ask him if you are petty or not. I already think I know what he's going to say. All husbands say the same thing. Okay. The answer is yes. Whatever they're supposed to say. <laughs> no, no, yes. The answer is yes. Everybody is petty. All right, I'm gonna okay. ask him that today. Okay, you should. <laughs> Just embrace it. It is what it is. I'm going to embrace my pettiness. Yes. I have a t-shirt that says you embrace do? your okay. pettiness in a mug. I'm like, I'll give you a t-shirt. Maybe I should put that as a sign. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good I'm place. not sure. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> Stay in power. We can do that. Embrace your pettiness. It doesn't go next to just breathe. Just breathe. There. Well, no. just breathe and embrace your pettiness. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. Where can they find your information? SunSalYoga.com. Awesome. Awesome. So what we're going to do is we're going to market it heavy in this area. And you're in New Jersey, South Jersey, Central Jersey. Come check it out. Um, I think I'm about to go get my yoga on. I'm not flexible. I might break something. So if you see me limping in the street. <laughs> Don't <laughs> say where you came from then. I was right here. <laughs> okay. no, I'm just joking. Uh, so just to wrap this up, this is a great episode here. Um, again, Innovative School Summit on November 14th, 15th, and 16th. Even if you don't come to the Empowerment Perspective Group, it is definitely a great place for educators down in San Antonio, Texas. I'll be down at the Riverwalk checking that out. Um, please, again, December 7th is our kickoff for our toy drive. If you are um, in a spot to be able to donate, uh, those families and uh, CHOP definitely appreciate it. Um, last year, we were able to donate to a specific family that was dealing with uh, pediatric cancer. As you guys know, that is a topic that's near and dear to my heart um, because my nephew, so I try to give back um, in those areas. Um, and also, we're giving out uh, food and turkeys and stuff, Thanksgiving for organizations. So if, even if it's not us, Please, if you have the means and the opportunity to do it, be a service and a gift to others. Um, that's what the Empowerment Perspective is about, is getting people to be empowered and empower other people. Um, so, uh, check us out on YouTube, I, uh, sorry, iTunes, uh, iPod, no, Podbean, uh, <laughs> uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, we're all over the social media world. Um, we also got invited to speak in Chicago, um, entertaining that as well, so we might be out there in Chicago. I know we haven't been out there for our friends um, probably in a year or so, so we might be coming out there. This thing is just growing, growing, and growing. Uh, 
We're going to get the doc to write a book. We can publish oh it, get gosh. her out there. Um, again, go get your yoga on. Until awesome. next time, stay in Thank power. Thank you, Dr. Josie. No problem.